I know you have heard this before. Work smarter, not harder. Ford has heard it too. That's why the Ford F-150 truck helps you get the job done in the smartest way possible. I mean, the pro-access tailgate alone is a game changer. It improves access to the bed and cargo, which makes it easier to load in tight spaces. See? Smarter. It's also got a mobile power source and pro power on board, so you can power up to 7.2 kilowatts outside your F-150 truck. That is definitely working smarter. And imagine what you can do with that power at your next tailgate party. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best-selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzie. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. Yay! This, this, this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. Starring Chris Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho, the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And it's Friday! It's Friday! The People's Podcast has arrived. Let's go for a rise. Somebody's going to get their ass kicked. Somebody's going to get their week split. Somebody's going to get their ass kicked. Somebody's going to get their week split. Break him up, break him up, break his neck, break his neck. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck. Neck. Nick, Woo! we have a rock and roll regatta today, part two with Bully Ray Dudley, my old buddy. Part one was a huge success, got major priz ops for the show. Bubba is coming up very soon. Bully is coming up very soon. I don't know if I can get sued for calling him Bubba, but I'm doing it. Come on, Vince, bring it on, man. Before we get started, I just want to give another big thank you to you guys for checking out my sponsors. Supporting them means I get to keep doing this show for you for twice a week for free. And I really want to keep it that way. I know you want it to. It's the easiest way to do so is go to podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free banner at the top of the page. That will take you to Talk is Jericho and links to all my sponsors, including Amazon. And all of the Amazon links are there. U.S., U.K., and Amazon Canada. So again, please go to podcastone.com. Click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free banner at the top of the page. Then click on Talk is Jericho to find all of my great sponsieros. And having a great week here, just finishing up the Fozzie tour. It's been uh, quite a blast. We've got two more shows uh, tonight in Huntington, New York, Long Island area. 
That's at the Palladium. And then tomorrow night at Xfinity Live in Philadelphia, IA, Philadelphia, Philly, Fozzie's first show in Philly. We're really excited to end off the tour with Buck Cherry there in Philly. Uh, it's been a great tour so far, great mix. Two bands that both have the same type of vibe. We uh, believe in having a good time at our shows. I'd say Buck Cherry is more like the Stones in 72, and we're more like Van Halen in about 79. So there's a lot of cool uh, vibe coming from the stage. It's been a lot of fun. Hopefully we get a chance to do more shows with Buck Cherry in the future. Of course, don't forget about Download on the main stage June 14th in uh, England, around Nottingham area. The famous, famous Download Festival. We're very excited to be there. Come check us out there. And June 12th and June 15th, it's London is Jericho. Yeah, London is Jericho. It's my uh, my talk show. I guess you'd call it a spoken word show that I'm going to be doing. Very, very excited about that. Um, I did a couple of those shows before in London uh, and in Sydney, Australia. They went down. Uh, they went down a Calca, and I'm looking forward to taking the new and improved show on the road to London. Just me. I'll be telling all the stories about the WWE, about my career, anything you've read in my books. If you have questions, you can ask me all my rock and roll stories. I'm sure I'll have some download stories ready for you, fresh from download if it's on the 15th. Uh, Tickets are going great. They're they're almost all gone. There's still uh, plenty left, but not that many. There's enough where the shows will sell out. So don't get left behind. If you want to find out more information, go to the Twitter at PSI underscore events or go online PSIEvents.co.uk for London is Jericho on June 12th and June 15th at Leicester Square Theatre. It's going to be a great, great time. Looking forward to coming to the UK. It's our second home. Always excited to be there. Uh, Of course, my new book, The Best in the World at What, I Have No Idea, is ready for October 13th. And the new Fozzie record, Do You Want to Start a War, is available now for pre-order on iTunes. If you do so, you will get to hear One Crazed Anarchist. uh, Not for free, but you get it now. You pre-order it for July 22nd, but you get to hear One Crazed Anarchist uh, now. And so uh, I'm going to play that for you right now. One Crazed Anarchist. From the new Fozzie record, Do You Want to Start a War? Here we go!
Sunday, we have Payback. It's the WWE's um, next pay-per-view. In the studio with me right now, I have my nemesis, former nemesis. I guess we're kind of getting along now because we're in business together. Egypt is here. Now, for those of you who haven't heard the story yet, Egypt was the high school janitor that interrupted the end of of Pummelmania, the big... uh, wrestling show that the BTWF was putting on, Pummelmania, uh, culminated with the Eastern Crowbar versus the Wild Warden. Uh, I was the uh, the saintly Eastern Crowbar climbing up the ladder to jump off into the Wild Warden until Egypt came and made us stop the match, uh, shut the whole show down, and Egypt was a real guy. He's now in the studio with me uh, with his new career as a pro wrestling prognosticator. Egypt... Um, I actually, it pains me to say this, but it's good to see you. Yes, Chris Jericho. It is good to see you too. My whole life has changed since I was walking the streets of San Francisco and got the call on my flip phone that you wanted to talk to me through my agents. Ever since I started on Talking Jericho, my career has gone through the roof. 
I have appealed with Polly Shaw at a live dinner theater in Shadbourgwan, Wisconsin. I have also appealed with Pierce Brosnan at a live Broadway show that was off-Broadway, so far off-Broadway, it wasn't even in the state of New York, but it's all good in the hood, as the kids say to today. Well, good for you, Egypt. I'm glad your career is picking up. I know you had some tough times, but uh, let's, let's, let's bring it back to what brought you to the dance in the first place. Um, payback. The new pay-per-view coming up based all around uh, if Daniel Bryan has to decide if he'll give up the world championship. And if he doesn't, Stephanie will fire his wife, Brie Bella. Uh, I hate the fact that they have to make him do this because if it was real, I think I'd have a talk with my wife and say, Brie, uh, I'm not giving up the championship so you can get fired and then go on to you know do whatever you want to do in life and I'll support you as the world champion where you're making more money anyways. That's the way I see it. So I think that Daniel Bryan uh, will uh, will not give up his championship and then Brie will get fired and maybe come back under a mask as the mask superstar machine. Come back as the Bella machine. I think that you are the lowest of the low, Jericho. You always have to stand up for your woman. Stand by your lady. And I think Daniel Bryan will give up the championship because he wants to see his wife be gainfully employed. So I think you are wrong, you stupid dummy. No need for name-calling. Okay. Uh, Evolution versus the Shield. No holds barred elimination match. We think this is the end of Batista, so I think the Shield is definitely going over. And I'll say the Shield is going to win three in a row. It's going to be three Shield members beating all three Evolution. So uh, a clean sweep for the Shield. I think that Evolution will win by the disqualification and that Batista will give the Batista a bomb to one of their shield through that announced table and leave him laying for when he makes the big left hand. So I will go for Evolution. All right, then we have John Cena versus Bray Wyatt. Last man standing match, their third PPV match in a row. Time to end this feud. Uh, I'm going with Bray Wyatt with the big victory to uh, move on to bigger and better things. It's not going to hurt Cena to lose, especially a last man standing match. You know, uh, the three guys can tie him down or something, some kind of a gimmick where he can't stand up. No, John Cena is the hero to the kids. John Cena is the hero to the ladies. John Cena is the hero to all of the janitors in the janitor union. I go for John Cena, hustle, loyalty, and respect every day, every way. Okay, Sheamus versus Cesaro for the U.S. title. I think Sheamus is going to lose, and we'll have a new... Uh, well, I think you, Cesaro is the U.S. champion, so he's going to uh, continue to hold the belt. Or may, I, I, I'm actually at a loss, Egypt. Who is the U.S. champion right now? You dummy! Sheamus is the U.S. champion! You didn't know this! Why do you not do your research before you do your show? 
Well, it's just hard to, to keep track sometimes, uh, Egypt, but I thank you for, for the information. So I'm going to say that Cesaro will beat Sheamus for the U.S. title. Once again, Cesaro is hot. Sheamus is not. I agree with you. Cesaro will win the U.S. championship and go on forward to face Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Wow, bold prediction, Egypt. Bad News Barrett versus Rob Van Dam. Uh, Barrett's got a lot of momentum, and RVD, I think, is is kind of there just to, to put him over and get him to the next level or help, too. Uh, Barrett's finally catching on. I'm happy for him. I'm going for Wade Barrett in this. I am going for RVD. I am a big fan of RVD. He is one of my favorites. He does the five-star splash. He does the rolling swing there. He does the jumping clean kick. I go for RVD. 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 Okay, uh, Paige versus Elisa Fox. Alicia uh, is having these tantrums, uh, like old school Chris Jericho. Glad they're finally giving her a character. Uh, kind of good to see after so many years she's getting a chance to do something. I still think they're going to keep the title on Paige because she's new. And uh, this is Alicia's chance to at least get a, a title match. I agree. Paige will win because she is my favorite. Uh, she has very nice long black hair. She's a long black hair in a black dress girl. I really, really think she's cool. I'll be a long back. Wow, Egypt. Um, don't really know how to act with you acting this way. I mean, there might be a few other matches, but the, they're just speculative. The one other match we have heard is Hornswoggle versus El Torito. Hair versus Mask. Um, I think that probably Hornswoggle will lose uh, and have his head shaved. We will have a bald little person Hornswoggle. And what do you think about the, uh, this match? I think that Hornswoggle will beat El Torito and get his revenge for losing the TLC match. And we will unmask El Torito and see what he really looks like. I want to see the face of El Torito. I need to see the face of El Torito. And I am so hungry, I need to eat a burrito. I would like to eat a Torito burrito. That should be his business that he does after the wrestling is over. <laughs> Wow, uh, Egypt, the, with jokes like that, I can understand why you're, why you're, why you're appearing with uh, Pauly Shore. Uh, some top entertainment, some co- top comedy there. Uh, thank you, Egypt, and we will see once again if your predictions are right or if my predictions are right. Um, I look forward to seeing you next month. Can you, uh, can you be here? I will be here, but pretty soon I'm going to need the raise because the money you're paying me right now is... All right, Egypt, thanks. We'll work on that raise uh, until next month. But now we got Bully Ray coming up next. All right, there are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW, and not all of them speak English, which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos, amigas. See, already learning. Haha, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. 
So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. Sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today. Talk is Jericho. Hey, it's Talk is Jericho, and here I got Bully Ray in the studio with me. Just had uh, decided to go to Middletown, New York to, to check out ECW, which he thought was one of the worst wrestling companies in the world. Yep. And then what happens? My, my friends dared me to go. I said I, I wasn't going to go. I wasn't going to go. I don't want to you know, wrestle for that company. And I was, I was just about at my wit's end with wrestling. Nothing had really happened for me. I gave myself a five-year window. I said, if I don't make it in five years, if I don't sign a deal or get something, I'm, I'm just going to... What was your backup? Porn, porn star again? No, I was just going to go into the family business. You know, My family was in like oil and restaurants, so I always... You mafia. Know, I had, yeah, mafia. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. There is no such thing as the mafia, <laughs> yeah, Chris. right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I show up there. Now, I had known Dreamer. And I had known Taz from working, you know, IWCCW with Savoldi's. And uh, so we get there, and I saw a Dreamer, and I said, hey, listen, Tommy, I brought my, I, I brought my pictures, and I brought my, my, my tape. I said, if there's any way possible, you could, you know, get me on the show. And uh, he goes, uh, stay right here. I waited there about five minutes, comes back. He goes, okay, I just spoke to Paul. He's the owner. He's the promoter. He goes, uh, you're going to be on the show. But no matter what they ask you to do, make sure you do it the best you possibly can, you know, make sure you knock it out of the park. I was like, great, no problem. Put my gear on. It's about 10 minutes before the show's supposed to start. I don't know what I'm doing. The show starts. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Third match is in the ring. Still don't know what I'm doing. Don't know who I'm wrestling with. Don't know who I'm working with. Mm -hmm. Fifth match. Sixth match. Finally, panic sets in. There's only two matches left, and I don't know what I'm doing. Now I think, well, maybe they're just testing me to see how my attitude is. So I go up to Paul. I go, excuse me, sir. I know you're really busy. I'm sorry, but I still don't know what I'm doing. He looks at me and goes, relax, kid. When the time's right, you'll know. <laughs> Looking at my watch, the time's right. There's only two more matches. <laughs> you know, The main event is about to go in the ring. The Pitbulls versus the public enemy. And this is when Bill Alfonso was a referee and 911 was trying to choke slam him. Mm-hmm. That was the big story. Mm-hmm. Paul pulls me on the side. He goes, Okay, kid, you're in the main event. You're Bill Alfonso's new bodyguard. Your name is Mongo Vile. You are going to make sure 911 doesn't choke slam him, but when the time is right, 911 is going to choke slam you. You can't take a choke slam, can't you? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir, absolutely. I go out there in the main event and I have to protect Bill Alfonso. Time's right. 911 gave me a huge choke slam. I took it like a monster, got way up there for him. Came back through the curtain, and as I come back, there's Paul sitting there, and he goes, Great job, kid. How do you feel about shaving your head? Now, backstory. My, <laughs> <laughs> at that time, I looked like a cross between Max Payne and Brian Knobs. 
<laughs> so you had the the, the mohawk I had, mullet. I had the long mullet. You know, it got kind of got curly at the end. You I know? can't even imagine that. Yeah, I wasn't exactly you know ready for the cover of GQ. <laughs> you know, so uh, my here's the backstory. My two biggest fears coming up in the wrestling business is I never wanted to shave my head, mm-hmm. and I never wanted the nickname Bubba. Really? Yeah. What, had somebody you knew been just Bubba? never wanted the fat guy name. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, Did you ever tell anybody this? Nobody knew my wow. two biggest fears. Nobody. Because in wrestling, if they course, know what your fears are. That's you know? exactly what it would be. So, uh, so um, he, he looks at me, great job, kid. How do you feel about shaving your head? And I was, I was dumbfounded. I was like, oh, no. What, what am I going to do? And he goes, looks at me, he goes, don't worry. If you don't want to shave your head, we can find something else for you. That moment right there, I knew that was my opportunity. Mm-hmm. That was opportunity knocking. The next day, I called my friend Joe. I said, take it all off. So I shaved my head. I get a call from Dreamer. says, show up to the ECW arena in two weeks. We're taping TV. We're going to make you a Dudley. Did the Dudleys exist at that point? Yes, yeah. the Dudleys existed. There was uh, there was Big Dick Dudley. There was Dudley Dudley, Dances with Dudley. There was a bunch there of was them there. A, a guy I used to live with in Smoky Mountain was actually Snot Dudley. Yeah, little Ant- Snot Dudley. Anthony Michaels. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So um, I show up, and I, I wound up doing some run-in and you know, take, maybe taking another choke slam from 911 or whatever, but I didn't have a name. I didn't have a character. I didn't have an identity. And originally, the next Dudley was supposed to be a skinhead Dudley, mm-hmm. but I didn't exactly fit the skinhead role. Mm-hmm. So we get into the we, we go to the back of the ECW arena, as you know, three o'clock in the morning. We're doing promos. The whole company <laughs> yeah. sticks around. You yeah. know, it was really like a team back then. It was a very different, you know, it was feel and yeah. everybody watched everybody's promos and we you know encouraged each other and you know we were there for each other. So okay, I have to do my promo and. Now they can't find a name for me, and people are just shouting out names. Well, he looks like a Billy Bob. He looks like a Bobby Joe. He looks like a, you know, this. They're coming up with all these redneck names, and then somebody goes, yeah, he looks like a Bubba. And I just remember saying to myself, oh, dear God, please, (laughs) please. Billy Bob's good. Billy Bob's great. I hope they didn't hear that. And somebody goes, yeah, he does look like a Bubba. He looks like a Bubba Joe. He looks like a Bubba Bob. Bubba Ray. Bubba Ray, you're Bubba Ray Dudley. And that's it. Wow. And that's it. I started stuttering and dancing. <laughs> well, so the, the backstory of the of the of the Dudleys where they were the, the dad was a jobber who would go No, he t- was not a jobber. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting to pull that line all day. The Dudleys the, the Dudley's dad was a was a, a journeyman wrestler yeah. who went from territory to territory and and had all these different kids with different mothers basically, right? right? right. That's what it was. Yep. So so where did the stuttering come into play? It, uh, Bubba Ray Dudley was a product of Big Daddy Dudley watching the movie Deliverance one too many times. Okay. So I was this inbred, backwards, you know, guy. But then when the music played, I could dance and I had a stuttering problem and glasses. Yeah, the whole nine yards. And the Dudleys, you know, they, you know, the Hanson brothers from, you know, Slash, yes. which I'm sure you know, being, you know, of dad course. being a hockey player and of you being course. a hockey fan. And it's a classic. So uh, that's how the Dudleys were born out of the Hanson brothers, you know, bit goofy looking guys, inbred brothers who could kick your, you know, kick your ass once they got on the ice or in the ring. So that's how the Dudleys were born. And that was such a, a great example of what ECW was. Like you mentioned, there was a lot of, you know, there was some of the most hardcore wrestling you'd ever see, some of the most garbage wrestling, some of the most technical, amazing promos, great characters. I still remember you and uh, Blue Me. 
Meany doing the old uh, mirror image thing where like he put yep. his hand up and you put your hand up and he wa- waved his hand. You waved. It was like so stupid, but so incredibly entertaining. And ECW really at that point in time, you could never recreate that in any other promotion because the way that the world was at the time, it was the first people had seen of this kind of amalgamation of styles. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's, I think, one of the reasons why ECW got so popular. Would you agree with that? No doubt. It was special. I mean, we were we were like the Ramones or the Sex Pistols of the wrestling yes. business. You know, we were brash, in your face, edgy. People didn't know what they were going to get. I don't I don't know what I'm going to get, but I know I can't miss it. Right. You know, um, a quick interesting aside from on that, that same night I debuted in Middletown, New York on September 28th, 1995. Mm-hmm. Another pretty well-known guy debuted in ECW that night. You might know him. Who's that? Stone Cold Steve Austin. Really? That's the night that he showed up and did the, his Hulk Hogan imitation. Mm. You know, and that was his first night. He did a promo with the Sandman. And then, you know, Steve spent about uh, maybe a little less than six months in ECW before he left for the WWE. And Steve will be the first to admit. Oh, yeah. Took the finish from Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah. And basically, you know, molded Stone Cold Steve Austin around. The Sandman. We, yeah, well, elements of it. We yeah. talked about that on this show, and also not only that, but it gave him a chance to really uh, break loose promo-wise. Yes. do anything he wanted to do and, and really, you know, Steve's a funny guy. He's very charismatic, but he didn't have those chains of being in the big-time company that WCW had put on him. And, Correct. I mean, ECW, like, you know, I, I was only there for six months, too, but I had wanted to get in there for a whole year beforehand because I was working in Japan pretty much exclusively at the time. And if you worked in Japan in the mid-'90s, you knew two things, ECW and Rey Mysterio Jr., because that's all they showed in the magazines. ECW, this, 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 and Rey Mysterio everywhere. Right. And uh, I, like I said, I tried to get in for a year. I called Paul Heyman for a year, and I got Paul Heyman's roommate, Dave, <laughs> a.k.a. Paul Heyman. <laughs> I got uh, I got Jimmy Snuka on the other line, and I'll be right back, which he used on everybody. He, I couldn't get through, and then, of course, when I finally got through to him, he's like, I've been trying to contact you for a year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, but that was, like you said, the mad scientist genius of Paul. Yeah. You know, uh, but it really was, you know, they talked about the revolution. Unless you were in that locker room, you really could understand that it was just that. Bingo. That's, you know? I mean, unless... When I hear people, you know, uh, put down ECW, speak negatively, or or have this, you know, these crazy opinions about it, the first thing I ever said: you've never been in the locker room, you don't understand what it was about. Mm-hmm. You're jealous. Mm-hmm. So many people jealous of ECW and what it really was. It truly was a revolution. Mm-hmm. Paul was able to create this sense of urgency amongst the fans and amongst the wrestlers, where we're going to go out there and we're going to really. Take this industry by the balls and make people sit up and take notice. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. You know, ECW wound up becoming the, you know, becoming Napster. Napster at the end of the day went out of business because of just bad financial moves, but it also revolutionized music. That's true. Yeah. And anybody who, nobody can sit there. I'll take any mind. From 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 you know a guy that just stepped foot in the business to Vince McMahon, you cannot sit there and look me in the eyes and tell me ECW did not revolutionize the entire wrestling industry. Mm-hmm. I it's, agree, it's fact. Oh, absolutely, that's not opinion. It's fact. It's fact. There would be no such thing as an attitude era mm-hmm. if it wasn't for that little company in South Philly running out of a bingo hall. Absolutely, but even even more than that, it's like. 
There's so many. It's like Anthrax. There's so many things that Anthrax did first that no one remembers. Wearing shorts on stage, bald guy with beard, rap metal. ECW not only had you know the, the hardcore wrestling, three way dance. Mm-hmm. Never heard of that before. Now now triple threats. You're probably going to see a triple threat in the main event of WrestleMania this mm-hmm. year. You know that never happened as far as I know. And I was a big wrestling fan. I never saw a triple threat match until it was the three way dance. So there was a lot of those type of things that that started. Another thing that I noticed that I've never experienced this before or since, and I've been in the business, we started probably at the same time and worked for everybody, was the feeling of camaraderie amongst the guys, which you mentioned, but also before every show, Paul Paul would come and stand in that little top of the stairs in the backstage dressing room and give the Newt Rockney speech. You know, I, I, these are the finest athletes in the world that were cast out by, every, you know, it was like a, a Southern preacher would get you so pumped up that you would go out there and you would kill. You would kill for him. There's no doubt. And th- th- Paul was so good at being a motivator. Yes. And so good at protecting his company when everybody knew his company was sinking. Mm-hmm. You know, the boys knew that there were financial problems and who who hadn't been paid in a month or in six months. I can honestly say Paul has always paid me, me and too. Devon. Never owed me and Devon a dime. But to see him be able to talk to guys that had not been paid, who are about to go put their hands behind their back and take a steel chair over the head and motivate them enough to go and want to do that and do it with a smile on their face. That's why the man's a genius. Yeah, He's a genius from what he was able to create as far as a product, a genius in the way he could hide people's flaws yeah. and accentuate their positives, Absolutely. and a genius in keeping his company afloat mm-hmm. when it was on its way down. Mm-hmm. See, but I, I was there in 95 uh, 90, yeah, 95. So it was, you didn't see any 90, of that. 96, yeah. 96 any early 96. Right. So it was still on the way up. Now what that really meant, you know, I, I don't think I ever made more than 250 bucks a match, but there would always be, if I had a good match, a bonus, 25 bucks, 50 bucks. Sure. And it don't matter if it was $1 or a thousand, a bonus. And what you, that's your, your famous quote that I always remember you saying is that Paulie, uh, thanks you for your match personally with his words and Vince thanks you for his match with the amount of zeros on the check because Vince will never he's very very rare with his compliments there's only two things that really make a wrestler happy acknowledgement from the boss that it was a good job and he was happy with what you did or another zero on a paycheck Mm -hmm. other than that how can you really show how much you appreciated my performance yeah you can't and I'll never forget in ECW when you came back through the curtain, Paul was oh. the first one there Always. to say thank you, to hug you, to talk to you, and then pull you on the side and go, here's what you did right, here's what you do wrong, let's get better next time. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's such an amazing feeling. Now, you've experienced that with Vince, and so have I. We've, I you, yeah, yeah, you get we, compliments, people, but it's not we, the same. People, everybody has their own individual relationship with Vince, and... um so Vince was there to give you that pat on the ass every once in a while, but not nearly as much as Paul. But Vince would show his appreciation for your hard work yeah. in that check. Yeah. When that check came, you knew, okay, they appreciated the fact that, you know, I, you know, took yeah. that bump or had that, you know, thirty minute match. Yeah, it's it's you know, last year I came back for WrestleMania and I ended up working with Fandango, which, you know, wasn't my first opponent by any stretch of the imagination, but it's what Vince wanted me to do and he basically told me, This is what you're doing. And this is what I want you to do. And, you know, everyone's like, you're working Fandango, and this is so stupid. And people still to this day go, can you believe Jericho worked Fandango last year and now he doesn't do anything? 
when I got that paycheck for WrestleMania, it was the same amount of money that I made the year before in a, in a world title match with CM Punk. And the reason for that was, listen, I know it wasn't the best job. I know maybe I was even wrong in making you do it, but here's the pay, the literal payoff. Here's here's the uh, the the handshake, and it was pff, that's all I needed. Did you go back to WrestleMania to work for the paycheck or to work with Fandango? Well, yeah, I, I, I probably a little bit of both, but once I got the Fandango, I was not happy, and then once I got the paycheck, I was very happy. My so, yes. point is, this is business, absolutely. As Gene Simmons will always say, absolutely, it's the it's a business. It's not you know the music, fr- not music friends, and this is not wrestling friends. That's it's right. the wrestling business. We wrestle because it is the chosen business, and in business, the I, I the object is to always climb the ladder of success mm-hmm. and to make the most amount of money possible. Yeah. If you flip hamburgers, you hope to one day be the general manager of McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Not just because you want the name tag that says general manager, you want the paycheck yeah, that comes right. with it. That's right. Guys that do brain surgery, they don't want to just be the fifth guy in the room. <laughs> yeah. They want to be the head brain surgeon That's because right. you get paid more money. Yeah. I don't want to go, if I'm in that ring, no matter what I'm doing, I'm doing it because, yes, I do have a passion still and a love for the industry, but it is a business, and I want to be paid the most amount of money for well, it. Well, I always looked at it like that, too, and also like when people say, you know, I'm sure fans go, why did you lose this guy, why did you lose that guy, why did you do this? It's like we're playing a part in, in, in a movie, and if I uh, get a part in the new Steven Spielberg movie, Saving Private Ryan Part 2, and my part calls for me to die in the first 10 minutes by you know having a, a bomb blow off my ball bag, maybe I don't like that as a guy. Guess what? It doesn't matter. You're playing a character. And if you do not want to do that, Steven Spielberg is going to fire you and get somebody else to do it. And that's what the wrestling business is like. And you have to look at it that way. There's no doubt. You know, There's no doubt. I remember watching an interview. I don't remember the actress's name. She was on a soap opera for 25 years, and Entertainment Tonight said, um, "Does is there ever a time where you know uh, they hand you the script and you, you know you don't agree with what's written or you don't want to do it?" And she says, "No, I get paid hmm. to act out what other people get paid to write." Yeah. That's the, you know, that's right. That's the drill, the drill sergeant, you know, passes it down to the grunt and the grunt goes and pulls the trigger. Mm-hmm. And that's basically, I, th- I think maybe because wrestling is, is, is a different from every other type of entertainment. It's not quite real. It's not quite fantasy. It's not a sport. Yes, it, yet it is. And you're playing yourself, but you're not. So there's a real, there's a, it's a strange world. Sometimes guys get lost in that. You know what I mean? And I think at one point we all need to have that sit down. Yeah. I think we've, as, as younger, you know, it happened to me where somebody had to sit me down and go, remember, mm-hmm. this is entertaining. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's very easy to get caught up in the whirlwind of the business, especially if you were in WWE from when we were there. Yeah. I mean, because I don't know what the Beatles felt like, but if it was anything what I felt like when I was back there, holy crap. Yeah. I mean, we were, we were rock stars beyond rock stars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, would, you, would you say that back during the Attitude Era when we were there or now was more fun? More fun? See, I, I, it might have been more fun back in the Attitude Era because guys, guys hung out more. You know, guys were together more. I mean, now it's really is, you know, when they say guys go back to the rooms and play video games, that's it. I mean, it's, you could, it's hard pressed to find someone to go out for a drink and to find someone to go out, you know, like, like the, like the DWMs, Mm -hmm. you know, we would go out on a tear and stay out all night and not do anything bad, but just go and rock. Right. That barely happens anymore. And that's the sad thing for me is that the business has changed to the point where guys are really scared of their positions and don't want to get heat. Don't want to to be seen somewhere they shouldn't be. Meanwhile, forgetting they work for Vince McMahon, who was the biggest hell raiser of all of oh, them. 
Yes. You know, and that's what I miss the most when I go back. I mean, I can find a couple guys here and that will go for a few drinks, but there's always kind of a, a ceiling. Okay, we're hit the ceiling and it's time to go home. And it's like, no, it's not. It's time to, you know, let's stay up all night and go straight to the airport. Who cares? And, guess, and and that's what you know. That's what we did. You know, yeah. and, and that was the fun part of the business. You know, pro wrestling and rock and roll, basically the same thing. Yeah, let's stay up all night. Let's let's drink and have a great time, yeah. and then let's go right to the airport, and then we'll go to the gym, and then we'll go have the match. Of the, we'll, we'll, we'll go tear the house down and, and work yeah. our asses off yeah. and do it all over again. That's what the horsemen that's did. Right. Why can't we? That's right. You know. So I remember we did that on that one tour of the Orient. It was Japan, Malaysia, Singapore. You, me, Hurricane, and Shane McMahon. And we did that. It was still one of my favorite tours of my life. We just, we would go, we would have a match. And I remember I was working with Rocky, and I can't remember who you guys were working with, but it was somebody that was, you guys were having great matches too. It was actually Regal and Storm. Regal and Storm. Yeah. Per- perfect guys. Yep. You guys tear the house down. We would tear the house down. We'd go out, stay up all night, get up, go to our flight, get into the town, go work out. You know, sleep when you could, go work another great match, go out all night, you know, because my opinion was, my attitude was, and it's true, when's the next time I'm going to be back in Malaysia? Right. When's the next time I'm going to be back in Singapore? Maybe never. That's it. So let's enjoy this. You have to. You have to. That's right. It's like, uh, TNA, you know, the guys in TNA have, I have my little crew that, you know, guys that, you know, like we like to go out and have a good time and we try to, you know, you know, do it the best we can. And, you know, we also live in a different day and age where it's a lot easier to get in trouble. Yeah. So, uh, You know, back in the day, you know, we could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, we could go into a into a bar in Rapungi and start fights and beat everybody. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you did that, some of the eighteen people have on a cell phone exactly. and be up on YouTube the next day. Um, so, you know, I just, we still try to have that great time. I've always said, you know, people go, "Well, when are you going to tr- retire? When do you think it's going to be too much?" When I stop making really good money and when I stop having fun. Exactly, and they're and they're hand in hand for That's me. It. For me, like I won't go back to, to wrestling unless I know it's something I can have fun with. And if I can't have fun, pay me what you want. I already did that in WCW. I left WCW when they had a big offer on the table because it sucked. It was no fun. I was over it. I'd rather go make fifty bucks uh, working in Middletown, New York, than make the money you're going to pay me to to, to 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 be miserable all the time. But what for a guy like you? What's left to do in wrestling? That's right. Nothing. I mean, other than go, okay, so if you get a, if you get the call tomorrow and they say, okay, come back, main event, mania, and the main event payoff, okay, you're going back. Sure. Because you're in the main event of mania, but you've been there. Yeah. I'm not yeah, pre- yeah. You've been there before, yeah. and you got the payoff. So it's you've it, already experienced that rush, so. It has to be fun. If it's not fun, I'm not interested for there that exact go. reason. There you, know? you go. You know who's living large at my house? My three cats, Mr. Mittens, Indy, and Snickers. And you know why? Because we switched them to Pretty Litter. Okay, so it's really me and my wife and my daughters who are living large, thanks to Pretty Litter. Because Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly, so no more bad cat smells in the bathroom. Pretty Litter crystals last up to a month, so less cat litter box cleaning for all of us. And less fighting about whose turn it is to clean the litter box. I gotta deal with this fight every single week between my daughters. This makes it so much easier. Pretty Litter also ships right to our front door, so no more last-minute mad scramble runs to the store because we're out of kitty litter. And Pretty Litter has another cool feature that makes life just a little easier. It helps us keep tabs on our cat's health. It changes colors so you can monitor early signs of potential illnesses 
like urinary tract infections and kidney issues. It's easily the best thing we've done for ourselves and our cats in a very long time. Like I said, Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. Those are two big wins in my house, meow. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. So go to prettylitter.com slash Jericho and use code Jericho to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash Jericho. Code Jericho to save 20%. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Talk is Jericho. Welcome back to Talk is Jericho. Having an amazing conversation for the second week in a row with Bully Ray. Uh, we were talking about ECW. When did you know it was time to leave? Did you stay until the end or were you gone no. a little bit before then? No, we split. Um, we knew it was time to leave actually when we got a phone call from WWE. Oh, so, okay. We got it. We got the call. Um, uh, they had been wanting to call for for a while, but you know, people different people were reaching out to me saying, "Giving give them a call. They want to talk to you." But I wouldn't pick up the phone first, and then um, somebody put us on a three way call, and we actually you know just started talking and with Jim Ross or actually the the very first person we spoke to was Vince Russo. Okay, so um, and he Vince was a huge ECW fan, mm-hmm. and um, started do you, talking. Do you, do you think that Vince funded ECW? That was always one of the rumors that he was... Yeah. Uh, Vince definitely helped Paul out financially. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. I mean, the three closest people to Paul Heyman were Tommy Dreamer, myself, and Taz. Mm-hmm. We knew what was going We never fully, fully knew. Like, had, you know... Someone in, came out and tell you. Until yeah. the end. Right. You know? Um, so, uh, yeah, we got the call from WWE, and then our first meeting with WWE was with myself, Devon, Vince Russo... Bruce Pritchard, Jim Ross, wow, Ed Ferrara. That was the first meeting, and the second meeting was just me, Devon, Jr., and Vince McMahon. Wow, this is before you had signed. Yeah. So, what were you meeting with all those guys for? Um, I think they were. I think they were feeling us out mm. because. Right before me and Devon had gotten to WWE, the public enemy was there. Right. And they left a really, really bad taste yeah. in everybody's mouth. They, they, they were the first casualty of Paulie's style, like you said, of, of uh, exemplifying the strengths and hiding the weaknesses. When yes. they got out of that system, they, was, they were done. Yeah. You know? So they left a bad taste, you know, work, work rate wise and, um, you know, the infamous story about them working with the Acolytes where the Acolytes were supposed to put them through a table and, you know, uh, you know, Rocco and, you know, and uh, Teddy didn't want to do it. And they said no. And, you know, the APA just beat the crap out of them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, shortly thereafter, they were gone. And people were just assuming that me and Devon, you know, being more successful than the public enemy had been in ECW, were going to come in with even more you know, big heads and, you know, mm-hmm. we were going to be a problem, but, you know, we couldn't be, you know, totally the opposite. Me Absolutely. And yeah. Extremely professional yeah. in everything that we did. And they tested us from day one. They had, you know, they put us in the ring with the APA and I told Devon, I said, Devon, these guys are going to come at us with everything that they have. We might as well just hit them back mm-hmm. as hard as we can. That's the only way we're going to earn anybody's respect. And that's the only way we're, they're going to know that, you know, mm-hmm. we know mm-hmm. we're the real deal. That was it. We did, you know, we did what we had to do with them, and, and there was never a problem. Well, you guys were both big guys too. I mean, Devon was 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 a massive guy too. Now, how, how was it for being in a tag team for that long? I mean, I know you kind of are a little bit more of a of a boisterous personality, and Devon was kind of just laid back. Would you kind of not call the shots, but would you kind of lead the say, Devon? It's time for us to go to the WWE, and he would say, "Okay, Bubba, I'm behind you." Or would you have to sit there and have conversations and discuss the pros and cons of moving to the next 
next place. If I always, you know, we always say this, if there was two Bubba's, the Dudleys would never be successful. And yeah. if there were two Devons, the Dudleys would never be successful. Um, Gene needs Paul. <laughs> Paul needs Gene. You know, right, you, yeah. know uh, you know, in any band or in any, you know, any, any team, you need the one guy that's more aggressive and, mm-hmm. you know, the one guy that's, you know, going to, you know, be a good follower. And when I use the word follower, I don't mean it in a negative way. No, absolutely. You know, I understand. And Devon is a, was always a phenomenal, you know, uh, you know, workhorse. Yeah. You know, um, I agree. If, if, you know, uh, you know, we, we were able to work together because if I came up with the idea, he was able to execute it perfectly. Mm, and you guys, so, knew, you, you knew each other so well, you know, and, and it's interesting, you know, the, the, you had a great finish with the, with the 3D. I mean, probably one of the best of all time for a tag team. And then, of course, you had the table thing mm-hmm. and then the, the ridiculous what's up. Yep. I mean, that's kind of the, the three things that the Dudleys were built on in the WWE. Yep. And Vince being the way that he is, love that. Yep. You know, so do, were you guys always coming in as the Dudleys? That was it. No talk about it. No, we were we were coming in as the Dudleys, but we were coming in. They wanted us in tie dye, and they want and they wanted you know me to stutter again. Old school Dudleys, and, and yeah. I felt that that was a huge step backwards. But hey, I'm dealing with the WWE. They just uh, I just looked at a number on a piece of paper that was an ungodly amount of money that I said, let me keep my mouth shut and sign this contract. <laughs> you know. Um, so, you know, I just thought the stuttering w- was a step back. Because you had stopped doing that in ECW. Me and Devon were, were, had turned into the, you know, the badass Dudleys that people, you know, knew about the ultraviolet, the tables, you know, the fire, the barbed wire, all right. that, all that stuff. So now we're, you know, go back to WWE and we're going to, you know, I'm going to stutter again and Devon's going to, you know, smack me in the back of the head so I can get the words out, which is, you know, typical WWE entertainment. And, you know, I can understand now what they were trying to get at, but. Told him it's not going to work anymore because ECW had fueled this fire for the wrestling industry. Here we go walking into the Attitude Era. People want to see the Dudleys that they know and love from ECW that now they're excited are coming to the WWE. Mm-hmm. And I always tell this story. In the Bible, it says that God made man in his image. Well, Vince McMahon has to make you in his image. Otherwise, you'll never really achieve so any true. level of success in the WWE. And the one thing that you know Vince was not able to do is he wasn't able to fight City Hall with the way the people reacted to the Dudleys. And the stuttering that wasn't working. So you actually did the stuttering at first. I remember that now. Brief, yeah. For a, a couple brief weeks or something. Of time, yeah. And it wasn't working. And then he came up with a great idea of how me and Devon were going to be hated. He says, I got it. You're going to put a woman through a table. Hmm. They'll hate you for that, won't they? I said, no, they won't hate us for that. First woman that we put us, you know, put through a table was Terry Runnels. Uh-huh. And, you know, it got over like a million bucks. Yeah. And uh, I remember every, everything that Vince tried to suggest we do, how he thought it was going to go a certain way, it wasn't really working, even though his ideas were really good. And then one night in Boston or New Haven, he just pulled us on the side. He goes, ah, just, just change your outfits. <laughs> and that was him like putting his, you know, his, his stamp on us yeah. or whatever, you know, he, he changed us in, you know, in his vision. I go, well, what do you want us to wear? Cause I don't care. Just get rid of the tie dye. Mm-hmm. And, and I always talk about the five acts in my opinion that were not created by Vince McMahon who were ever able to achieve, you know, get to the, get to the top, top of top, the mountain right. of WWE, get to the top, maybe not stay at the top, mm-hmm. but at least Take 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 a look of what yeah, you yeah. know like up there. Who would you say the five acts that that Vince did not did create? not create? 
Well, it's it's hard to say. I mean, if you if you're looking at you know Steve Austin, that's a WWE creation. Would you say? Absolutely. I mean, even though Steve came up with it. No, Steve. No, no, no. That's a, um, that's a Vince creation. I mean, Mick was a Vince creation, and Hunter was a Vince creation, and I mean, who would you say? There's only five guys. Who? You. Me. Okay. Yeah, you're first. Okay. Because you came from WCW. You were Chris Jericho. That's true. Right. You came in. You did your stick. Yeah. You know. So you were, he didn't put any... Uh, I will say this. I, I had a list of finishing names, and I wanted to call my finish the Y2J. And he's like, no, 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 that's your name. You're Y2J. So he created, the, he gave okay. me the Y2J. But anyways. But it's not like you came no, in yeah, and yeah. he made you Fandango. Yes, you know, exactly. You know, right. uh, you know repackage yeah. you. You. Mm-hmm. Booker. Uh, true. Good point. Eddie. Yeah. Chris. Uh-huh. Benoit. Yeah. And the Dudleys. Yeah, yeah, you guys. I mean, there was, and, and the Dudleys are nowhere in the same realm of the four guys I just mentioned. But, but, the, but, but the elements, yes, you are. But the elements, uh, uh, there was little changes. I would say probably the one that was changed the least was Booker T. Right, he was pretty much the same guy. But Eddie had they gave him a little bit of they helped him find his personality. Chris was pretty much the same guy. But you guys are pretty much the same too. Yeah, but people that were established invented and got over yeah. someplace else mm-hmm. that were allowed to be almost their exact same thing in WWE. Otherwise, you can't find... That's interesting. Act. Good point. You you have to be created by them mm-hmm. in order to achieve any level well, of success. And I've always said that, too, and it's the truth. It doesn't matter what you've accomplished outside of the WWE. All that matters is what you do when you walk through the, that curtain and go into his ring, into Vince's ring. Correct. I'm not saying he doesn't watch other companies. I would say he probably doesn't. He might hear about different guys, but I don't think he gives a damn. He can no. give two shits. It all depends on what you do within that ring. No doubt. No doubt. You know? And a lot of people ask me today, you know, what, you know, the, the, I, I get the question all the time, would you go back? Would you go back? Everybody always says you never say never. Or, mm-hmm. You know, it's business. You know, you right. always go where the best business is for you, your family, where you can make the most money, where you're going to be the happiest. I'm very proud of what I created with Bully Ray. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could be Bully Ray in the WWE. Mm-hmm. Would they let me be my version of Bully Ray? Mm-hmm. If the answer was yes, that would be interesting. Yeah. But I don't know if they would. In, in what way? Because you're too volatile? Bully Ray is one of the most hardcore, quote unquote, bullies that there is. And with their whole anti, Bully Ray would be the perfect foil. Absolutely. The perfect sure. foil for their anti bullying campaign. Sure. You know? But would they let me be as harsh and as in your face and breathe down your neck like, like I can do? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know? Um, I, I couldn't even imagine if given the opportunity, you know, to, to step in the ring and, you know, look across, you know, from punk mm-hmm. and, you know, look him dead in the eyes Cena. and go, you're talking to the original Heyman guy. Cena, man. I mean, even if they changed your name to something, just the whole, the whole attitude could be the same. If I would ever go back there, I wouldn't change my name. I'd be Bubba Ray Dudley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well, now let's get to, now, why did you have to change your name when you went to TNA? I mean, that's kind of a weird situation. When um when um we left WWE, um they claimed ownership of the Dudley name, even though we had used the Dudley name, you know, in, so many other places. In, in ECW. ECW, in Japan. So the Dudley name was an established entity every place else. It's not like we came to WWE and they put the named Dudley Boys on us. As a matter of fact, on the contracts where it says original intellectual property, you're supposed to fill it in. Mm. And I wrote Dudley Boys, Bubbery Dudley, Devon Dudley. So, but since WWE bought ECW out of bankruptcy, uh, out of a bankruptcy court, mm-hmm. 
they're claiming that the Dudley name was an original intellectual property of ECW, mm-hmm. and therefore they have ownership to the name. Wow. They have a point. We have a point. If it would have went before a judge, it would have cost me and Devon a lot more <laughs> money than we would have been willing to spend. Yeah. And in retrospect, we've been gone now for seven years, but you know what? Four times a year, that royalty check still comes <laughs> from them, you know, use, you know, yeah. putting the Dudley name on, you know, everything. And But you so, were smart, though. I mean, Brother Ray was the original name, and that's almost, it sounds like Bubba Ray. I'll tell you what the original name was supposed to be. What? I came up in the Orlando airport at 7 o'clock in the morning. I was going to change the name from the Dudley Boys to the Deadly Brothers. Okay. And we were going to be known as the Deadlies. Yeah. Somehow, somebody got a hold of it. On the internet. I shared the information with the wrong person and they ran to the internet with it and the internet put it up and I was really, really pissed. So um, I always knew that I had Team 3D to fall back on. I figured we have an established finishing Mm. move. You know, I'll name the team after the move and it'll work. And it did work, and mm-hmm. you know everything worked out just fine. It's funny though because when Taz came to to WWE, they had to drop a Z from Taz with two Z's to Z or Rhino, change it from R uh, R H I to R H Y. It just seems weird when it was reversed that you guys couldn't use the Deadly Boys or Deadly. I, I, cho- I chose not to use the Deadlies because somebody exposed it before oh. we got to TNA. Oh. So uh, uh, th- that was. That was just me being being a hard ass about it. So, <laughs> so who did who did you enjoy working with in, in WWE? I mean, there was plenty of everybody. classics. Yeah, everybody. You're probably the most clumsy guy, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I gave I did give you a concussion on purpose, right? <laughs> Do you remember I, when? Just uh, interrupt you quickly. When it was uh, me and Rocky were the champions, or, or we you guys were the champions or whatever. We were going to wrestle. I remember it was in Kansas City. And what was the story with with Stacy? was with you guys. That was a good mix too. She was great with you guys. This this is a funny night because. Um, when we originally had, we were the tag team champions and we got to SmackDown that night, um, like that day, two o'clock in the afternoon, it was, Dudley's, you're working with, uh, I don't know, La Resistance and you're going to beat La Resistance yeah. in like, you know, eight minutes. Right. Well, Vince, they rewrote the show that night and at six o'clock show starts at eight, right? Yeah. They came back to us with the new show. So we went from, you know, working in the middle of the show with La Resistance to, Double, uh, two segment main event, Dudley's versus Jericho and Rocky for the, for the titles. And we were going to drop the titles to you guys. No, wow. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. It was, okay. No problem. Whatever. Let, let, you know, so we go and we start talking about the match. Yeah. <laughs> now for, for everybody listening, me, Devon, you, Rocky, always a great relationship. Yes. Um, I would say us and Rocky friends more yeah. than anybody else Rocky would possibly call a friend. At that stage, yeah, yeah. for sure, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, me and Devon rode with Rocky. I mean, we were oh, in the okay. same cars together, too. Oh, I didn't too. know that. But yeah. you were, clo- you yeah, were very, very close very to them. Clo- yeah, absolutely. You know, so mm-hmm. we're all friends right now. So, you know, doing business with each other is really, really easy. We can t- speak freely amongst each other and, you know. We're all buds, yeah. Right. So there we are. Rocky's warming up. He's bouncing up and down. His pecs, you know, <laughs> yeah. pecs bouncing in the wind. And uh, we were going to go over <laughs> the spot where, you know, the Dudleys were about to take over on, take over on Rocky. And I said, Rock, you know, you know, you go to hit the ropes and Stacy will grab your leg. Mm-hmm. And you turn around and you look down at Stacy and then I'll come up from behind you. I'll nail you. You go down and that's how we'll start, you know, beating you up. And uh, he's bouncing up and down. He's doing his little warm ups and he looks at me and he goes, that's a good spot. Just not for the Rock. <laughs> Uh, I mean, for you guys, it's okay, but not for The Rock. And I said, what? He goes, yeah, no, 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 Bubba, that's a good spot, just not for The Rock. 
And I remember kind of looking over at you like, is he kidding? Is he ribbing us? Is he for real? And I I really don't remember like the, the, the details from here, but I remember getting really pissed off and getting in his face. Yeah. And you had to... Well, at this point in time, I'd been work- I was doing a big angle with him. We were tag parties. We were about to work a big singles feud, and I was used to him. And that's just something that he would say. And you were like, you know, like this mother, like what? <laughs> Who do you think you are? You went full New York. What do you mean for the Rock? It's not good enough for me or for for him. We're just as good as you. But Rock never broke. He's like, well, no, 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 man. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just not. It's not good for the Rock. The Rock would never do that. So could you shut up with the Rock? You're you. You're here. You know. But that was him. That's exactly how he was. But then he goes he goes he goes well if uh you know if uh stacy uh you know grabs me by the foot you know then i'd have to you know punch her yeah, I go, you're, yeah. you're a baby face and you want to punch a well, girl of course i'd kick her in the face why wouldn't i <laughs> who am i talking to the yeah. rock would kick her in the face He's like, forget it <laughs> that's Sorry. how it was though yeah but yeah we we had some uh good matches with i'm not sure how many times you, you and maybe we've only, only been one time that the four of us worked or maybe there's a few other times but i, I was, think there might have been like two or three times when yeah. you guys tagged against us but uh i really um and in that day that the six years that we were there i enjoyed working with everybody i mean we had like they threw us those younger guys uh, renee dupree and <laughs> sly when they did the la resistance yeah, trying to build them they were so so green and just such rookies it was hard to yeah you know teach them and at and at the same time continue our level of work rate so which might have been the most challenging but that was actually pretty rare at that point in time because i mean now there's a lot of new guys and yes. younger guys but back at that point everybody was good yeah. you could put i mean you know the 80% of the guys were, were really on top of their game you had so many uh combinations of guys you could work with yep you know i remember one time actually when you guys uh when you and Devon split up and of course, classic uh, Vince. He split up the Hardys too, and then ended up just putting you and Jeff together. Yeah, you know the two stars mm-hmm. in the team, quote mm-hmm. unquote. We had some great matches between the four of us, you, me, and, and Christian, and my and uh, Jeff. Oh, yep, absolutely. It was yeah. really good. Too. Every, everybody was on a certain level, you know, back in the day, like you yeah. said. Um, those younger guys, the La Resistance guys, they were they were young. One was like nineteen, mm-hmm. the other kid was like twenty two, and it was. Uh, it I was, don't think Slide ever really worked too. He's just a friend at Pat's, as far as I know. Yeah, but I mean, Vince put the, this is right around the time that the un-American gimmick wasn't uh, wasn't hap- really happening, mm-hmm. and uh, right around the time that France didn't want to go to war with the yeah. United States. So let's throw three yeah. French guys out there, and you know, <laughs> yeah. so it worked. I mean, they had a lot of heat. People booed the hell out of them, and. But they just, you know, in the ring work rate. But like I said, I really, uh, I enjoyed my time there a lot, and I enjoyed working. What made there you uh, decide to leave, or, or, or what happened that you guys ended up going to TNA? It just, it just came down to uh, contracting, business. came down to business. Um, one of the things that kind of pisses me off is, I guess, what was it called, Back Black Friday or Black Monday? You know, like in two thousand and five, where a bunch of guys got fired. In oh Monday. yeah, Black Friday. Yeah. Um, they lumped us into that mm. day, which was totally, oh, yeah, you know, no way. that created a horrible perception for me and Devon. Me and Devon were not let go by WWE. Our contracts ran out and we mutually agreed with them not to sign a new deal. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we believed we were worth more at the time, or at least the same. They wanted us to take a, a, a little bit of a pay cut. Mm. Um, and it's just business. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we couldn't come to an agreement and we, just decided to go our separate ways at that time and mm-hmm. really nothing else had a little bit of a animosity with one guy there and um, that's been worked out mm-hmm. but other than that so how was it going from 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 WWE to to TNA which was kind of a brave new world at that point in time 
It was cool. Mm. I, I don't, uh, I truly enjoy everything that I've done in the wrestling business. So I don't look at it as well. I went from, you know, I came from a small place. I went to a bigger place. Now I'm going back to a smaller place. I just enjoyed every challenge that was thrown at me. But um, it was a challenge because it was a growing company. And you sure. guys were big names to go there. And, and it's still a growing company. And they've had a lot of big names already come through the door. And yeah. big names, you know, come in, you know, since then. I mean, Hulk, Kurt, Jeff Hardy, Sting. I mean, I can go on and yeah, on about yeah, all yeah. the big names that come out, you know, come through there. You know, seven years later, still there. I still enjoy being with the company. I'm just, my frustration lies in the fact that the company has not grown um, at the rate where I think it should be growing. Yeah, they haven't, well, they've grown, but they, they, they've just kind of never really grown or never declined. It's been the same. Correct. Kind of the whole time. Correct. I, mean, I, know, I know how you are and how you think. That must kind of, you must be always having ideas on how we can expand. Do you ever present them? Do they not, do they not want present, to hear them? I've presented them many times. Mm, it seems to me at this point you'd be mm. booking the place. <laughs> Funny you say, uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to sound like a douche over here, but a lot of people have said, you know, that, you know, uh, uh, a guy like me who's been to, you know, mm-hmm. you know, come, come up under Paul and Vince McMahon and stuff like that, you know, c- should be helping out. And I, I try to help out as much as possible, but they have their vision and they, you know, do what they want to do. I think TNA's number one problem, forget about the product or anything like that like that because there's a lot of great wrestlers there it's product awareness mm-hmm. yeah you can build the better mousetrap but if nobody knows that you've built it nobody's gonna buy it mm-hmm. and it you know uh we need to get our name out there more we need to knock on more doors we need to have more you know uh you know commercials out there it's hard too because i mean you're going up against the the brand of wb the the, the big machine you know it'd be hard it's hard to, to get that brand awareness when you're up against such a giant. Well, the number one thing that I told them to do is go fish in the WWE's pool. How do you mean? Well, if 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 it was me, I would have um I would saturate Monday Night Raw with TNA commercials. Mm. So that people were forced to, you know, to, yeah. to to open their eyes and go, "Hey, what the hell is this?" Mm-hmm. You know? If it was up to me, I would create a nice, big, shiny infomercial. Let's take something like the George Foreman Grill or P90X. How did those products become so popular? Mm-hmm. Where did they start? You know? Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Infomercials at three in the morning. Ah, right. Infomercials at three in the morning. Mm-hmm. Then once they caught on, then people, you know, the, the, the mainstream uh, marketing and advertising went through. So I presented an idea to TNA of... Let's put together a nice, big, bright, shiny infomercial. Here's Hulk Hogan. Here's Kurt Angle. Here's Sting. Here's Jeff Hardy. Here's all the names that you know and love and are you know very recognizable. Here's what TNA is. Here's what we do. Here's why we're mm. different. And here's where you can find us every Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And since we're on Spike TV, which is a member of Viacom, a member of Viacom, yeah, yeah, yeah. we can take this infomercial on TNA and we can put it on all of the brother and sister stations of Viacom at two in the morning mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. the advertising you know, rates will be a little bit cheaper and let's bring our product to the masses. Mm-hmm. Let's force feed it down their throat just as the George Foreman Gorilla and a P90X. Mm-hmm. That's a smart idea. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, if you had to pick a couple of your favorite matches in your whole career, what comes to mind right away? Favorite matches? Uh, it's hard to pick. I'm sure, much like you, you have so many things that are, you know, that are your favorite. Uh, I've enjoyed everything so much. Mm-hmm. You know, whether, you know, whether that's being an ECW and you know, you know, 
you know, doing all the cool things we did there or any of the TLC matches or anything cool things we did with TNA or being in Japan and being as successful as we were there. I can't put my finger on any one thing. Mm -hmm, I've mm -hmm. enjoyed everything a lot. And I really can't even think of stuff that I haven't enjoyed. Everything's been cool. Which is great, man. Yes. You know, it's been, it's been, it's been an awesome ride. You know, I'm proud of the fact that me and Devon were able to take what was a joke. Mm -hmm. This was never supposed to be successful. The Dudleys were never supposed to go on to be anything more than, you know, a goofy shtick. Yeah. And we were able to take something like that and cultivate it and turn it into a team that, you know, will always go down in history. 23 world tag team titles. I, I, I guess. I don't even know. Is I, that look, what I looked that up said? on Wikipedia. <laughs> um, I, I don't even know. And I don't sit here and l listen, you know, what I say on TV and what I say right here, two different things. Um, if we're on TV, we're the greatest tag team that ever existed, <laughs> but I would never sit here and... You know, where are we the most decorated? Yes. Are we the most successful? Yes. But I don't know what how you really deem mm -hmm. success in pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. I'm just glad that when you talk about great tag teams like, you know, like the Road Warriors and the Steiners and the Freebirds and the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express that you mention us. Yeah. That's cool to me. Absolutely. That's all I need. And in and, 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 and so many different promotions, too. You know, yeah. everywhere you went. There's, there was that, and that's why we eventually had to, you know, bring it bring it to an end. uh because there was there was nothing left to do. Would, but, you, would you reunite at some point? Well, we've got to put the makeup on at one point, right? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> it'd, be, right. it'd be stupid business not to. Yeah, you know, to to, to not get back together with Devon and go on, you know, go on one more run around the world, and you know, and break a table in every single as many cities as we possibly could, and maybe have one more good tag team run where we could, you know, help elevate some other tag teams. This mm -hmm. way, when we hung them up, because tag team wrestling right now, I mean, for the longest time has been. Yeah, it's on live support. Yeah, the, the, it's, there's a little bit of a of a re, there was a little bit of a resurgence in the WWE at least with the Usos and you know the Real Americans and those type of guys. But just not, in the past couple, yeah, of oh months, yeah, 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 not just recently, but lately, but lately, whether it's WWE or TNA, you know, and TNA had a good tag team division going on there for yeah. a while, for years with Beer Money and the Motor City Machine Guns and 3D and LAX. And, yeah, so hopefully, you know, we see a uh, resurgence in You'll tag team wrestling. What's your favorite band of all time? It's ACDC and Motley Crue. <laughs> I was wondering if you'd say Crew or Kiss, but you got the Crew in there. There's so many. I mean, you know. Yeah. You like all those obscure bands. Uh, well, some of them, man. Some of them. But <laughs> I, I got to go with ACDC up there and Kiss as well. Crew's a little bit further back for me, but I'll go two out of three with you. Okay. So wait, what's what's the what's the verdict on Kiss? As far as do you do you know anything other than what's been in the mainstream for the Hall of Fame? Yeah. I just heard what you guys have heard and what everyone else has heard. But I'm going to be there. I'm going. So I'm going to go check it out. I think at the 11th hour, they're going to make the biggest, baby, <laughs> the biggest baby face comeback ever. They have to, man. They have to. How do you walk onto a stage in New York City where you were born and bred? And so I mean, and how do you get inducted into the Hall of Fame with no makeup or with makeup? But it's, it, 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 oh, it's driving me crazy. Does the Kiss Army and the New York City fan base get so pissed off that if they come on stage, they boo them off? Absolutely. They I, will, the, the, you know, the New York crowd. That's man. what, I, yeah. That's, and th this could be if they would have played in makeup without Ace and Peter, there would have been a riot. The New York fans would have would have not liked that. I'm sure that your your solution to the problem was the same as mine and probably everybody else's. Accept the award with Ace and Peter in makeup. Play a couple songs with Ace and Peter in makeup. Then bring up Tommy and um, I, I, Eric. I, I no, I just say. Accept the award, play one song with makeup, and say thank you very much. You're never going to see this again. This is for you. We love the fans. We love you guys. We love New York City. 
We didn't want to do this, but we did it for you. That's the classic kiss. You but know, see, I think that's what you're going to get at the end. I hope so. I hope uh, so. Uh, I hope so. But, wow. but, but it's been great talking to you, man. And uh, I appreciate it. I know you came down here a long way. And no problem, This brother. time has gone Had by a lot so of fun. fast. Good to Absolutely. See you. All right, man. We'll be back with more Talk is Jericho after this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Talk is Jericho. Hey, thanks for using my Amazon link. Every time you do your online shopping, it's really easy to find. Just go to podcastone.com. Click on the Keep Our Podcasts free banner at the top of the page. Then click on Talk is Jericho. You'll see all three of my Amazon links in the UK, Canada, and everybody's going Amazon. Amazon USA. Every time you do that, Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show so we can keep doing this for you for free for twice a week. No extra fees or hidden charges. You're just getting your shopping done and you're helping keep this show alive in the process. That's all I'm asking. Thank you so much for joining me. I know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts you can check out. Glad you came here today. Thanks to Bully Ray. Thanks for checking out One Craze Anarchist. Go to iTunes and pick up Do You Want to Start a War pre-order now if you want to do it and do it through Amazon. It's a good idea. Until then, in the meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs. See you next week. Yeah, boy! You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcast podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com.